Welcome to Growing in Holiness, where we empower you to grow towards a deeper intimacy with God, while supporting you to cultivate a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Introducing your host, minister, biblical counselor, spiritual director, and coach, Ruth Conlon. Welcome to Growing in Holiness. Um, my name is Ruth Conlon and today we're just going to be speaking about um, relationships and, you know, God's requirement for us in friendships, in even choosing a spouse and just general everyday living and how we care for our souls and journey together towards God. I'm going to start us off with prayer and also um, with Psalm 1. So if you want to get your Bibles out, we can read it at the same time. I'm going to be using the English Standard Version. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your grace and the opportunity to just come and seek your face today, Lord. And Father God, we just pray that you just align our hearts, our minds, our souls and our spirits according to your purpose and your plan. Father God, I just pray for everybody on PH today that, Father God, that they will encounter a greater measure of your glory, that they may know you and the power of your resurrection. Have your way in our hearts, our minds, and open our ears and our hearts to just receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaves does not wither. In all he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, and the way of the wicked will perish. You know, one of the things that I'm just so passionate about is soul care. And soul care is about ensuring that you align your life in a way that allows God's glory to just, you know, reign on you. And so that means you, you it's like, say, for instance, if you're a footballer or you're an athlete, you, you're, you're, you're playing football and you're training, you might get up like four o'clock in the morning and you've got a coach and you're running and you're training because you want to win this medal, you know? So you're like, yeah, I want to win the medal. I'm a footballer, I'm a boxer, I'm a, you know, I'm just training to, to get the medal, you know, and it's in the same way as Christians, we also have to train our lives, train our habits and train ourselves in a way that allows us to gain the internal medal and the, the treasure that Jesus Christ died on the cross that we may be able to obtain. Um, and, you know, I'll use the athlete, for example, because, because they've got to run, they can't, you know, go and sit down with their friends and eat, you know, things that are going to make them bloated because they know they've got to wake up in the morning and they've got to train and develop themselves. And if they, 
eat something that's heavy, they're going to find it difficult to train themselves. So they make sure that the things that they take into their body and their nourishment allows them to strengthen themselves to be able to do what God has called them to do. And that's the same for us. You know, we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't even value our physical body more than we do our spiritual body in the sense that if we know that there's certain foods we don't eat because it will affect us, then in the same way, we need to also know that there's certain things that we cannot engage in as Christians that will affect our spiritual growth. It won't only affect our spiritual growth, but it will always hinder our relationship towards deeper intimacy with God. Not because God doesn't love us, but because God calls us as we saw um, in Psalm 1, he calls us clearly that blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. We need to understand that as we engage with negative people, and this is not just negative people or that they speak bad or, but people that are not in pursuit of God, you know, authentically, you know, that they're not, you can't, measure you know if you say to me okay Ruth who is a person that is committed to God you'll see it from their life you'll see that this person is praying you'll see that this person is just examining themselves they don't want to do anything that's going to grieve the Holy Spirit you just see the way that they walk the way that they talk they're discerning they work circumspectly they do they create a life for themselves that allows them to be able to hear from God so we can't be engaging with people that are going to be speaking about the things of the world or take us back to our past when God has a future for us and he wants us to press into that future. So you need to ask yourself questions like, who are the greatest influences in my life? Who are the people that speak into my life? You know, who are the people that I go to where I'm in trouble? And when we start to think about these people, we have to also analyze, are these people credible? Are the way that they live their lives, will it impact me for me to be able to walk the walk that God has called me to walk? And so the question will be, where is our destination? As we see with the athlete, his destination could be the Olympics. He could be his a world tournament or even a local tournament. So he's training and his destination is to win gold at the Olympics. Well, you know, our destination is that when Jesus comes, that we are ready and we'll be able to enter into the gates of glory. And so that's our destination. And once we know our destination, we need to go back to the Bible and find out what is the path to that destination? You know, what is the path? How am I going to get there? And this blessed person who's blessed, you know, when we look at that terminology of somebody being blessed, you could see it really magnified and amplified in the amplified version um, where it speaks about being blessed as being forgiven, being refreshed by God's grace, you know, spiritually secure, worthy of respect, joyful, filled with God's goodness, content, sheltered by God's promises, spiritually mature, anticipating God's presence, spiritually calm, morally courageous and spiritually alive. You know, that's someone who's blessed and that person is blessed, 
you know, for you to even be morally courageous, you have to be able to stand courageously for that which is holy amongst that which is not. And that is when, where holiness is even profaned. We have to be able to stand. And in order for us to stand, we need to be able to engage with people that are standing. If we have a friend now who doesn't mind going to the clubs, doesn't mind drinking, doesn't mind even sleeping around, and we now start to move with that person and we've made a commitment to purity, we've made a commitment to holiness, we've made a commitment that we are going to set our lives to go to heaven, but then we have somebody who is our confidant and is our friend that is heading in a different direction. We need to go back to the scripture once again. You know, if you look at 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals, you know? And then also we go to Proverbs 13, 20, and it says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companions of fools will suffer harm. You know, people don't want to hear this. You know, we don't want to hear that. You know, even as children, they used to, your parents would say to you, oh, don't go and move with that person. You know, that person's going to be, is bad and they'll, they're bad company. They'll give you a bad reputation. And, you know, when we hear it from our parents, we're like, oh, you know, we're children, we just want to play. But as we get older, there's an eternal um, consequence of our decisions of friend making. Because if I'm going to make a decision and, you know, say, for instance, you're with someone that doesn't have any conviction of sin. And then you're sitting there and somebody's now trying to push you in the way of sin. And this person will encourage you. They'll be like, yeah, don't worry. Don't take it seriously. You're taking this walk of yours too seriously. Take it easy. You know, it's God's grace now. No, but we can't take God's grace and start living like the way of the world and then expect his grace to cover us. God gives us the grace to stand in the midst of a wicked generation. He gives us the grace to stand and say no to the things that even our body desires, the things that society says that we desire. God has given us the power, the anointing and the grace to stand. And he's also given us the uh, power and anointing to make the right decisions, to be able to say, no, I don't want to do that. I might desire it, but I even command my body to align with the word of God. I command myself to align with the word of God. And that also means that we also have to kind of disconnect from things that will make us grieve the Holy Spirit. We have to disconnect from it. If it's taken us in the wrong direction and we've decided that we choose Christ, we need to say no to the thing that is pulling us and saying that I choose Christ. Even though I desire it, that's why the Bible says deny yourself. It says deny your flesh. You know, deny your flesh. When your, your, your body is desiring the things that are of the world, we have to say to our flesh, no. We have to die to our flesh and we have to die daily. You know, we see it in, um, if we go to um, um, Galatians 5, 24, you know, it says, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. They've crucified it. Do you, so that means their flesh, naturally our flesh is live. Naturally our flesh wants to do everything the world wants to do. Naturally, that's why it's called temptation because in our flesh we have the, we desire it. So it's a temptation because we desire it. But God said that we need to 
We need to crucify our flesh. And if we claim that we're going to put this label over our heads and say that we're Christians, so we need to say no. We need to say that thing is calling me, but I am going to crucify my flesh by the power of the Holy Ghost and by the grace of his spirit. I'm going to put to, I'm going to mortify my members in order for me to glorify God. And that doesn't just mean, you know, people be like, what does that look like practically? That looks like prayer. That looks like fasting. That looks like weeding the word. That looks like earnestly seeking God to come and do inside of us what we cannot do of ourselves. It's seeking him earnestly and saying, God, I can't do it. Come and do it inside of me. Come and change me. Come and change my appetites till I'm conformed into your purposes and your will. That is God's gospel. That is what he requires of us. And in this day and age, when the hour is dark, God requires for us to still stand as salt, salt that is salty, that makes this world see that there's a God that can save and is mighty to save. We also see in Romans 8, 13 to 14, it says, but if, if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So in order for us to, to live, we have to put to death. There's a daily dying. You know, there's a continuous action that I have to do in order for me to conform and align my life with the word of God. You know, I have to make sure that I make an ongoing decision and an ongoing agreement that I am not going to engage with things that will cause me to go down the wrong path. So if I know that I have friends and I know that I have people that will cause me to stumble, I have to be able to say that I'm willing to give these people up because I want to follow God. I'm willing to say no to this friendship. I'm willing to say no to this ungodly relationship. I'm willing to say no to the things that I may think that I deserve or I may think that God has for me. I'm willing to say no because I'm saying yes to the glory of God in my life. I'm saying yes to the working of the Holy Spirit in my life. And that's what we have to do. We have to make that time to be able to make that decision, not just make a decision for a year because I can have a good year. But if I make wrong decisions, I have a bad year. We're all human. No one's immune to this. There's nobody that has arrived. As long as we're alive, we're going to all battle. We're all going to struggle. But we have to make a conscious decision that, Lord, this is the way that you've told me to go. And all of these things that will try and get me out of your will, I eliminate them from my life. I, dis I, I take away the distraction. And that's one of the things that the enemy tries to do. You know, the enemy tries to get us distracted because if I'm busy, then I'm going to make emotional decisions because I'm busy and I'm weary. And then by the time I'm no, because I'm tired, look at Samson. You know, Samson was fooled by Delilah because he was tired and weary and he put his head on the wrong legs, you know. And so we need to make sure that we, we even when we're tired, we take ourselves to those places of solitude and isolation where we're able to connect with God and we're able to also connect with godly people that can speak into our lives and speak into our situations so that we're not making emotional decisions and we're not making reactive decisions, but we're making decisions that will glorify God in our lives and we're able to say yes to, to things that God wants us to do, you know. And so... You know, one of the things that we need to be cautious about is that the body in itself is not evil and the desire is not evil. There's some desires that God has given us, you know, like say, for instance, you know, sex in marriage is, 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 is a godly gift. But sex out of marriage is fornication. 
And so it, 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 sometimes people can fall into the way of saying, okay, everything is bad. No, it's not that it's bad. You need to do it in a way that God glorifies it within the Bible and like not kind of make your own gospel. you got to like, you know, this is what God said. I'm not going to try and make the gospel fit my lifestyle. I'm going to, by the power of God and the Holy Spirit, conform my life so that I could be transformed into the image of Christ so that I could be a testimony of his glory. You know, so saying no to the flesh can sometimes feel like crucifixion. You know, it's it's sometimes heartbreaking. You know, I speak to so many people and they might be suffering from like loneliness. They might be suffering from just feeling heartbroken and just feeling like there's nobody there. And so, and then, you know, uh, you know, a guy comes along and he's like, you know, starts just giving her sweet words. And, and by the time you know it, the girl's opened herself up emotionally why because she feels lonely you know and why does she feel lonely because god has you know created us to be in relationship with others and so this this void that she feels instead of her to wait on god and seek god she's actually satisfying it with something that is likely to entangle her with you know dark spirits you know because you know we you know sometimes we fall into things and some of the, the some of the demonic activity that we're praying against if we just live lives that that um, are sanctified, we would close those doors, you know. So she might go and open a door that now hinders her walk with God, makes her feel demoralized. And by the time you know it, she's actually in a worse situation on the other side. So we just need to be careful. And, and, and one of the focuses that we just need to do is to deny ourselves. So say no. You know, when you feel that you're lonely, any number that's on your phone that is um, any number that's on your phone that is not of God, that they're not coming to speak life or they're coming to speak the world or they're coming to sweet talk you or whatever it is that they're going to do on the phone, block the number and then delete the name of the number so that you get confused of who it is and not resuscitate it. Block the number. Why are you going to leave that number when you know that that person is going to take you out of the will of the God? And so then you will now, when you get weak and weary, you pick up the phone, you respond to the person and then to add insult to injury, then we're going to start repenting and saying, God, please forgive us for falling again. When we could have eliminated that fall by eliminating the number. So let's start walking in wisdom and start eliminating the things in our life, the doors that the enemy comes in, the doors that the enemy uses that might not look as serious, but you know that when you look at the journey in which it takes, it takes you out of the will and the purposes of God. And not only do we need to deny ourselves, because the truth of the matter is that if we don't deny ourselves, if we don't die to our flesh, we cannot carry our cross. Because the carried across is a selfless situation and everybody's cross is different. But we've got some things in the Bible, the, 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 the commandments that call us to live in a life that glorifies God. And that is a cross in this age because this age is an age that glorifies self, ego and flesh. And so we're coming against the, the opposite tide, you know, and so. We need to take our cross daily and the cross daily is, you know, being able, you know, if you're in a group of people and everybody's heading towards, you know, the world and you're staying there and saying, no, I can't because I'm going to be spending time praying. I'm going to be spending time reading the Bible. And then people will just be looking at you, but like, ah, you can read the Bible later. But you know what? That is when you're carrying your cross because you have to say no when something else is trying to pull you in the other direction. 
I just pray that we just, I just pray we take that time out. We take that time out to just develop an intimacy with God because as we develop an intimacy with God, we just grow and grow and grow in his likeness. And the more that we grow in his likeness, he starts to transform us from the inside out. And the more we get closer to him, not in duty, not in this is the rituals that I need to do or these are the things that I'm doing, but actually growing with him and um, developing our relationship with him through prayer, through fasting, through the word. As we start to do that, we start being transformed. We start realizing that it's only God that can satisfy any of those voids that we're encountering. And as he starts to satisfy them, he gives us a greater measure of himself. Lord, we just want to thank you for your love, Lord. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy and we thank you for your presence, dear Lord. I just commit all of us into your hands, Lord. We're all flesh. We're all human, oh God, and we've all got those frailties, Lord. And I pray that you give us the grace to put our flesh under and that when we are weak, Lord, that you will be strong on our behalf, oh God. Father God, I pray for the wisdom and discernment that you'll be able to help us to examine our lives, different areas of our lives and to eliminate things and situations and relationships and, and friendships, dear Lord, that will take us out of your will, that we will start to align our lives with godly people, godly counsel, godly influence, dear Lord, and that Father God, we'll be able to walk in a way that is worthy of the calling that you have for us. Father God, we just pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. It's just lovely to um, spend time with you. Um, do subscribe to the podcast or if you want further information of how you can stay connected, um, you can see us on Facebook where we have weekly prayer points and um, also a blog. And also you can join our global 24-7 prayer room, which is on Zoom or WhatsApp um, or pray, start praying with us at midnight. But feel free if there's any questions that you want to ask, just put it in the post and we'll get back to you. Stay blessed. Thank you for joining us this week on Growing in Holiness. This podcast was brought to you by Pursuing Holiness. Stay connected by visiting our Facebook page, Pursuing Holiness Daily, or our website, www.pursuingholiness.org, where you can subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Ruth Conlon is available for biblical counseling or coaching. For further information, send a message on Facebook. Welcome to the journey. We are stronger together.